Dakota Tufano. This is Wolf, and we're back with the Hour of the Wolf this week. We've had a very kind of, I wouldn't say busy week last week, um, but there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of um, energy being shared and moved around. So it's been kind of a tough task to sit down in front of a microphone and, and find out what is it that I want to say. Uh, last episode, we talked after we did some research on the reasons behind the crisis that we're facing with forestry and other industries here in the Tarafiti. So after that, the remainder of last week was concentrated around trying to find solutions to problems that were becoming a lot more visible. So a few sisters and aunties and brothers came around and we had um, more than a few korero and there was all of these mixed impressions and, and really heartfelt stories and situations that many, many people were getting involved into, many of them good, a lot of them not so good. And so there were a lot of emotions in the air last week. Um, I haven't stepped out of the house this week. So today is a Monday and I haven't kind of checked back. So there's there's still all of this kind of emotional storm might, might still be in the air. But uh, emotions have a, a way of making things confusing. And they also have a way of revealing things that the mind cannot really understand. So it was a good thing that we've taken a, a week to process all of this information and all of these emotions. So after all of this activity, I've been on walks on the beach and I've been on walks around town and I've been kind of trying to reconnect with the reality outside of the corridor and it kind of brought some answers, right? So there's there's two sensations. There's the sensation that everything that can be done is being done by the right organisms and there's the sensation that nothing is being done and that people are being let in the water, basically hang out to dry and nothing is being done to care for their needs. And these are well, obviously opposing views. They're not, they can't really articulate with each other because they, they clash. So for on one side, we have the government is, is giving us all of the support that we need and all of these kind of official media releases that there's all of these institutions providing support for Fano that have been exposed to hardship through this crisis. And then there's the other point of view from people that have been supporting community from within and from the grassroots level that none of that is true there's still a lot of fauna that are being exposed to these things that are people losing their houses losing their um, cars that they were paying for uh, families being separated because of uh, domestic violence and, and a lot of other really kind of heart-wrenching events that are not being reported or that are not being made known to anyone else um and so it feels like doing all of the research and talking to the one side and the other, you have this kind of cognitive dissonance or this kind of split reality, right? And that's how I was feeling last week because both of these two statements and both of these two visions of the same chain of events feel legitimate. They feel like they have ground to stand on. And at the same time, when you 
say that one of them is legitimate and the other one is also legitimate, you feel that you're kind of contradicting yourself. And that's really easy to think. That's really easy to, to fall into that notion that because there's black that can also be white and because there's white, the black has to go away and that's just how it goes. But, you know, going around and, and, and talking to everyone and just walking the streets and going to the beaches and going into the bush and just trying to see things more clearly, they don't usually work that way. So we, we can't really have both things happening at the same time. But there is the also like a third option in which these two realities don't really touch, right? So we have the brothers and sisters at grassroots level that are being left without, and then we have some other brothers and sisters in other levels of, of um, kind of involvement with the forestry and other industries that might be better taken care of and they may be a little bit more looked after. And that just is, it doesn't seem fair to a lot of people and it doesn't seem like a, a healthy picture. And that's what's kind of gotten into my mind as the impression of what's going on, right? There's a disconnection because no one has all of the information. So we've gone around talking to um, contracting crews. We've talked to the Ministry of Social Development and we've talked to some other institutions. And it looks like some of them have some of the information. Some of them have some of the picture, but none of them really know how things are at a ground level or how things are at a higher level of kind of economical and political involvement. And that causes this feeling of uncertainty, right? Because if you don't connect the roots to the top, to the crown of the tree, then it's like you were chopping the tree in half and a tree that's chopped in half. Well, maybe the roots are strong enough to sprout some more new branches and more leaves and seeds and flowers, right? But a tree that's cut in half is not working as a unit. And if it's not working as a unit, won't have life it won't feel alive it will feel like it's dying right and that's all the pain that we're feeling out there is that division that cut between the roots and the branches and the leaves and the top that's what's happening at the moment we don't have the connection the roots are completely cut from the rest of the tree and in like anyone that's ever watered any plants or just gone around nature and seen the trees knows that if the roots are not being taken care of then the tree will die and yeah we have a lot of fauna here in horticulture we have a lot of fauna here that are taking care of their own gardens and you if you're one of them you will get this this idea and so there's another notion going around and this notion goes from the roots and there's a, another version of that notion going from the top call it right the, the notion from the roots is that the roots are rising up, that the people at the bottom of the chain are, are just fed up with the situation. And that's a place with which I can identify because there's this notion that we, we want to take and take and take from these roots, but there's nothing feeding them back, right? We only give back these kind of artificial uh, fertilizers like these care packs and this kind of even the... The welfare system is involved here. We can't expect people to be well while we're extracting all of their energy through work and really hard work, while all, the only thing we give them back is money. And 
even that's only for the people that are working, right? The people that are not working, the people that are left outside of the spectrum of hireable people, the only thing that they're receiving is the benefit. And the benefit is just a few hundred dollars every week, maybe a little bit more if you have children, and maybe they will give you some housing assistance, but there's so many cracks in that system. And there's so many people falling through those cracks and being left without anything. And when a crisis like this shakes up the, the soil, the, the ground, all of those cracks become bigger and more and more people just fall through those cracks. And underneath those cracks, it's not like they're falling into hell, right? What's underneath the surface of the soil usually is the core where everything gets decomposed and disintegrated and then built into something else and fed back to the roots. So all of these people that are going through a lot of pain, a lot of this darkness that we talked about in the previous episode, they're coming back as something else, right? When you lose everything and you have nothing else to lose, when you're in a desperate situation, then it's, it's a way of life and yourself reminding yourself, there's one thing I can do and that is taking responsibility for anything else that happens in my life. But that, as we discussed in the episode with, about darkness, it can take a lot of different shapes. And that darkness that we go through when we fall through the cracks in the system, as we call it, the system, this thing that kind of holds everything in place, those experiences that you go through after you fall through the cracks, they can change you into something that will be more constructive, or something that would be more destructive. So we have the experiences back in Colombia and many other places where people falling through those cracks become violent agents, agents of chaos, agents of destruction. And then we have people that fall through those cracks and go all the way to the core and then they really reach the roots and they really get turned into something brighter. And they come back as agents of change, but in a change that takes the shape of forgiveness, of transformation, of innovation. You know, so we get all of these beautiful examples throughout history. So those are things that can happen once you go into darkness, right? And then on the top, on what you would call the bright side of life or, or the people that are having the good life up there on the top, on the branches, on the leaves and the flowers. We have this sensation that, oof, the roots are moving, right? We got to do something. We got to do something to, you know, avoid turmoil, avoid conflict, avoid confrontation. Because in, in a very ridiculous way, we built a system in which we have very few branches on the top and very few leaves and very few um, entities benefiting from the works and the processes of a lot of roots so we have a root ball those of you who can kind of picture a tree we have roots that are spreading far 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 deep and far wide in into this huge mass and on the top we have just a few spindly branches that look very beautiful and, and shiny but don't really give anything back to the roots and these branches are shaking at the moment. So we have all of these um, governmental organisms and all of these kind of politic um, organizations that are just kind of getting a little bit shaky and a, a little bit nervous and a little bit edgy. And they feel that they should be doing more to keep their, their position and that they should be doing more to prolong their privilege. But how is that going to take shape? 
So when you reach really far into light, you can also find darkness. It's not just that if you go into light, you're going to find only light in your path. When you go too close to the light, you can get burnt, right? And that translates into, like, if you go and look at um, other examples or even here in, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, governments like Trump government, like this guy in the UK, Boris, they become this really twisted image of what power looks like. And we've been hearing things here about um, increasing the armament that is given to the police force. And we've been hearing things here about corruption on, on the higher spheres of the government becoming more and more obvious, more and more blatant. And some of that is actually related to the forestry industry. And some of that has actually branches that reach all the way out to the Tarafiti. So the top and the roots are moving because there's change that's coming. And that's something that became really obvious. So if we take a look at the way waves work in the beach, if you go to the beach and you stay there for a long enough time, kind of connecting to what really is going on there, you can see the pattern of how waves form and crash and form and crash and form and crash. And it's usually, or the way waves work is two opposing forces. So we have the wind and we have the water and the wind is clashing against the water. And then as the water goes up, the wind makes this curve and then the wave crashes. So what we're feeling at this moment, all of these clashing emotions, all of this anxiety, all of this uncertainty, all of this disconnection, what it feels like is like when you watch this wave at the top of its movement, at the highest point of its movement before it crashes. It's just like going through a roller coaster and going up, 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 up. And while you're going up, it's all good. You know, you feel safe. But then when you reach that point where, where you drop, that is when you say, holy fucking shit. This is going down and it's going down really fast and I have no control over it. That's what it feels like right now. So is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, if you like and you enjoy roller coasters, it's, it's a really good thing. If you're a surfer, it's a really good thing. Even if you're a fisher person that just you've been out in the ocean a long time and you know that if you fall off your boat, all you got to do is relax because the waves can actually hurt you more if you don't relax, then you're all good. But if you're just a, an average Joe like myself or many other people that are not used to catching that flow of the wave and going with it, then this is a very terrifying experience. This is not something uh, that's taken lightly. This is something that you're really, really concerned about. And those feelings are being shared all throughout the spectrum from roots to top. Oh, holy shit, what's going on? Holy crap, this is just getting out of hand and there's no real way we can deal with it. And then in the middle, you know, in all amongst this population that we kind of call a family and that we're connected with either by choice or by chance, there's a few people that have been going through crisis for a long time in their lives and, and they're kind of used to it by now, you know. This is, this is just another crisis. This is just another change that's coming. This is just another way of life expressing itself through change and then all we have to do is see what it's looking like adapt to it and just grow be better right we have these cycles of change this is not 
something new. This is not the first crisis that Tarafiti has faced. As one of my very dear new friends was telling me, it was we had the meth crisis before that, and then back in the 70s and 80s, we had this a very similar thing going on with kiwi fruit, and a lot of similar situations were seen. It was people committing suicide, there was people falling into substance abuse, back then it was more on the alcohol side, uh, maybe some cocaine, nowadays it's the pee and the pipe, and there was family violence, and all of these things, they don't come alone, right? They come with a crisis. So there's ways of dealing with a crisis when you recognize the crisis as a crashing wave, and you've been there before, and you've been there so many times that you've learned how to surf, then you can deal with it and you come out on top and you come out accelerated. You know, you feel, whew, I rode the wave. It was powerful. It pushed me forward. And now here I am at the beach and I'm ready to catch another wave, right? But if you've never been in the ocean before and this is your first crisis and this is the first time a wave rumbles you and, and turns you in the sand, then you'll be freaking out. And that is why this disconnection is so important that we make ourselves aware of it and that we work ourselves out of it not just by avoiding this disconnection by facing the disconnection by understanding why we're so split apart why are we so far apart from each other what are those things that don't allow us or, or you know prevent us from connecting and feeling each other's perspective not only seeing it and understanding it because that's just the way the system has been working so far. You know, you go in, you gather data, and you then try to make some policy that will kind of address the issue. And that's the way it feels from the top. And then from the bottom up, you feel that there's all these governmental organisms that come in and they say, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then they go away and they come back with this solution that doesn't fit you, your fauna, or your real situation. So there's that disconnection. And why is it happening? Well, a good friend of mine told me uh, it all has to do with how we are not feeling each other. We're not really walking a mile on each other's shoes. It's more about trying to understand, theorizing about it, making these kind of pictures on your mind and trying to add one plus one is equals to whatever you want equals it to. And then just moving on without really integrating that, without really feeling it in your heart. So from the bottom up, we don't see that some people in the higher spheres of government or in any other of these kind of support organisms within the system are actually trying to make a difference. And they're not really our enemies. Some of them are really trying to change people's lives to a better. And then when we don't connect with those people, with those few golden nuggets, and we treat them just like the other ones that came before, you know, like the politicians, the shit talkers, then we miss out on an opportunity to enact real change. And there's a few of them that if you go in with your eyes open and your heart open, you can see who they are. And the other way around it happens, you know, there's this notion from the high spheres of government that there's people abusing the benefit, there's people that are getting all of these handouts, these people, like, you know, they're sucking up the energy from the system and so on and so forth, then they're not taking the chance of harnessing all of this energy from the roots, all of this knowledge, all of this experience, all of this power that comes from being in the dark, being in among the soil, that 
really is all the nutrients that the tree needs to to become something beautiful and strong and big and just nurtured. So we got that disconnection. And it's all because the heart is not being used as it should be. The heart is just being used to pump blood and keep it going and maybe feel some heartbreaks from time to time and we don't make anything out of those heartbreaks. We don't make any change. We don't make any connection. Out of breaking our hearts, it should be breaking open so we can receive each other's feelings, each other's emotions. Because emotion is the only thing that allows us to understand this information that we're receiving, right? So you get all of this information from the branches and you get all of this wisdom from the roots and when it all meets in the center, when it all meets in the middle, right at the heart, it poof, it just bounces back because our hearts are being closed. Our hearts are overburdened. And that's not something that we can blame each other for it. And that's not the point. That's not the idea. It's not like, oh, open your heart, you heartless whatever. It's all about making ourselves aware that the only thing keeping us separate is the will of ourselves keep being separate. The fear of making ourselves vulnerable and making ourselves available for others to be vulnerable in front of us. When we take that step, when we, you know, open that door, that is when the real change can happen. And it's a change that will feel natural and it will feel feel organic. And if we do it all together, and if it's not just everyone for themselves, but if we do it as Fano, we do it the way that we know how to do here in Tetarafiti. The hand the change just becomes this festival, this special occasion in which we can just all come together as one, in which we all come as we are, because we are all different and we are all broken in our own ways. But when we come together and we recognize ourselves in the others, and oh, look, this person broke in the same way as I broke, but they built themselves in this different way. They built themselves back up in this different way, or maybe they haven't built themselves back up and they, they might need a, a guiding hand or maybe just someone to walk that path with them. And then this is something that you really see in crisis situation, in crisis mitigation environments, such as support groups with cancer or with addictions, or with any other kind of work that has to be done at this level from the heart. When you really put yourself in the other person's perspective, in their shoes, walk a little bit by their side, and, and understand that their life is different from yours, but it's exactly the same. So we all feel the same fears, the same shame, the same guilt, the same pain. We all tell the same lies to make ourselves look better and we block our view of things just to feel a little bit safer and then we attach ourselves to all of these little things that we've been able to provide for ourselves and our family because that's the only thing we have or that's what we believe, right? And then it closes our hearts and it closes our energy to each other. But when you see yourself reflected in someone else's eyes and in someone else's life and in the way they've walked their own life, that's when it real powerful change begins and that is what we're missing here in Tetarafiti, here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, here in this planet is just being able to see each other for what we really are and it's just reflections of the same. We're all humans and we're all going through this painful experience that is called life and it's only painful because we go in screaming like goats, ah, well, I'm not 
really sure what's going on. I want to just close my eyes and go through this in the least painful way possible. And then we start trying to avoid that. But once we open our eyes and we start seeing the sights around us, it's not that terrible. And it's really obvious when you're just walking around the Tarafiti because it's a beautiful place. So how come there's so much pain in such a beautiful place? How come there's so much poverty and so much misery in such a lush, abundant place? How come we're destroying this beautiful environment that has nurtured each and every one of us? This is the cradle of civilizations here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. This is the landing place. This is the sacred spot where all of us came for the first time. So how come we're treating it just as a train station, you know, with dirty toilets and graffiti here and there? This is not the way we should be treating each other. We're not just passengers passing each other by. We're here to share this experience for a reason and we're in this wonderful place so we can come together and how we come together comes down to each and everyone's individual choice and each and everyone's collective choice as a group. So this is kind of a callback to something I published before on Facebook last week. Make yourself available if you can lend a hand to those around you. Open yourself to Fano because we are needing it. If you're needing help, if you're in pain, if you feel isolated, the only way out of isolation is through sharing. If you don't want to be alone, you got to share. You got to share your pain. You got to share your joy. We got to share all that we have inside with those outside. And then we won't be alone anymore. And that's basically it. If you need something, ask for it. The universe will provide. Your Fano will provide, or maybe you'll find a way of providing it for yourself and then you can help other people provide it for themselves. If you feel that you're full of abundance and you're full of energy and you're full of, you know, intentions to make everything better around you and you have no idea how to go to those that are obviously in pain because they are the ones that really need something. So there's that. That is all we need to do. If you're in the light, go to darkness. Feel that darkness. Don't feel that you're going to be destroyed by it. Just try to experience it with those going through it. And if you're in darkness and you see the light in someone and you feel that it, someone can help you, just go to that light and tell them, you are full of light. You are full of that which I'm looking for. Please show me how to get there. Please share some of that with me. Because I feel alone, I feel isolated, I feel in pain. So help me work through this pain. Um, so yeah, that's my rant for this week. There's no interviews because everybody's busy getting busy with this crisis and with other crises and other things in their life. And that's all good. We all have to work. We all have to do our work. And we all have to walk our path. So, you know, let's find a way of doing it together. And it's so much more fun. And it's it makes so much more sense. And everything just goes so much quicker. And everything works out so much better. That, you know, there's no real reason to keep doing it apart from each other. <laughs> I hope this is a good thing I'm sharing today. I hope that people listening to this find some encouragement. And some connection. You know, this is a really heartfelt message. Um, I'm speaking to you from the heart. I'm trying to make myself available and vulnerable in front of you. 
and I hope it just does something. It nudges something or someone in the right direction. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much for coming by. Thank you very much for sharing your time and opening your ears and your mind to this korero. I love you. Have a very good day or a very good night or whatever time you're listening to this. We'll see you again soon. Take care.